As we look into 1 Kings chapter 22, we see the divided kingdom of Israel and Judah under the leadership of Kings Ahab and Jehoshaphat respectively, uniting for the cause of taking back Ramoth Gilead from the Syrian kingdom. In this story, we take a look at the prophets that gave counsel unto those two kings regarding their proposed siege that day. On the one hand, you have the prophets of Baal, and on the other, the prophet of God. Now, we examine their contrasting advice and the results of what advice they heeded in this message titled, Prophets and Portions. 1 Kings chapter 22, verse number 1, the Bible says this, They continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth and Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth-Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. And then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up. For the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? The king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him, for he doth not prophesy good concerning me but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten hither, uh, Micaiah the son of Imlah. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat the king of Judah sat each on his throne, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets uh, prophesied before them. And Zedekiah the son of uh, Chenanah, uh made him horns of iron. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, with these shalt thou push the Syrians until thou hast uh, have consumed them. And all the uh, prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. And the messenger that was gone to uh, call Micaiah spake unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. And you see Micaiah's response here. And uh, it is one, it is a response in which every Christian ought to have upon their hearts. And he says this, and Micaiah said, verse number 14, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd and the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man uh, to his house in peace. 
The king of Israel said unto Joseph, Did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. <clears throat> I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner, and there came forth a spirit, and stood before the Lord, and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him, and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets. And the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. But Zedekiah, the son of Chenaanah, have you say that? I have trouble with it. Went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek and said, Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. And the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in the prison, and feed him with bread of affliction, and with water of affliction, until I come in peace. And Micaiah said, If thou return at all in peace, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, O people, every one of you. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth-Gilead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself, and enter into the battle, but put thou on thy robes, and the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. But the king of Syria commanded his thirty and two captains that had rule over his chariots, saying, Fight neither with small nor great, save only with the king of Israel. And it came to pass, when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, they, uh, that they said, Surely it is the king of Israel, and they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out, and it came to pass when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. And a certain man drew a bow at a venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness, wherefore he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, and the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians and died at even. And the blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. And there went a proclamation throughout the host about the going down of the sun, saying, Every man to his city and every man to his own country. So the king died and was brought to Samaria, and they buried the king in Samaria. And one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood, and they washed his armor according unto the word of the Lord which he spake. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab, and all that he did, and the ivory house which he made, and all the cities that he built, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Ahab slept with his fathers, and Ahaziah, uh, Ahaziah uh, his son, reigned in his stead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessings upon us. Thank you for your word. And God, I thank you for the instruction that we can get and uh, understanding that we can glean from your word. And God, I just pray, Lord, that your blessings be upon the service tonight. Lord, I ask you, God, that you speak to your people. God, um, I thank you for them. I thank you for all those that have come out into your house here this evening. I pray, God, you bless them special for doing so. 
And uh, help us, Lord, I pray, for it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. And you may be seated. I want to give you some background of what is taking place here. We have a divided kingdom. All but, I think, two times throughout the entirety of the Scripture in which I read unto you, we have the large part of it is an interaction spoken of between two men in particular, Jehoshaphat, and he is mentioned by name many times throughout Scripture. Jehoshaphat, he is the king of Judah. And then you have uh, what is known as the king of Israel. Time and time and time again, verse number 2, the king of Israel. 3, the king of Israel. 6, the king of Israel. 8, the king of Israel. Uh, 9, 10, and 18, so forth and so on. Mentioned the king of Israel, but we find out, and we know, of course, prior to this, who it's speaking about, and then by the Lord's declaration in verse number 20, who that king is, and that is King Ahab. King Ahab. And so you have Jehoshaphat and King Ahab. They are the kings of this divided kingdom. Both of them are the groups of the children of Israel. If, you were, if you're not familiar, God had set up His kingdom. Uh, God had rose up a king in King David. David had Solomon. And then Solomon's uh, son Rehoboam decided he would not listen to wise counsel and followed after the counsel of his young cohorts and uh, did not lighten the burden. And so the kingdom split. And you had the kingdom of Judah, which was the remnant that God left for David's lineage. And then you had the northern kingdom. Throughout this kingdom, you had divided kingdoms, and you had them at war many times with themselves. But in this passage of Scripture, you have them coming together, coming together. Uh, Ahab, I had already mentioned him, he is the seventh king of the children of Israel. And throughout the history of the children of Israel, or the kingdom of Israel, that northern kingdom, you can narify one king that was actually what would be termed as a good king. They all did wicked. They all did wicked uh, throughout there. But of course, Ahab was one of the most wicked that was uh, ever a king there. You probably know him by his uh, wife, Jezebel. Jezebel uh, was his wife. She was, man, she was, uh, she was wicked on steroids. Amen. That's what she was. She was some kind of awful. And so uh, you had them, and then you had Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, by all accounts, if you, if you are to read some on Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat was a godly man, but what happened was he marred his testimony by what he did right here. And that was when, whenever a godly, the godly yoke up with the ungodly, it destroys testimonies, it destroys reputations, I mean it just it does nothing but harm, but that's exactly what Jehoshaphat did right here. You had King Ahab who was a wicked king, and then you had Jehoshaphat was a godly king. king uh, the king of Israel said, won't you, won't you come on over here and help me with this thing? And Jehoshaphat said, man, I'm just like you. The fact of the matter was he couldn't have been more different. Couldn't have been more different, but yet he yoked up with them and destruction came. I have said on many occasions, I have said on many occasions, but it bears repeating that Christians have no business yoking up to heathen. 
They have no business in any kind of relationship, whether it is a just a friendly relationship or whether it is a intimate relationship. Uh, I would not advise, I have not ever, would not ever advise a Christian marrying a lost person. I would not do that. Um, when I got married, we were two lost people. <laughs> Amen. We were equally yoked. It was just, um, we should have been saved, of course, but uh, I'm glad that God remedied that shortly thereafter. So, but anyway, we have, uh, we have here the, the prophet, and then, of course, you have the prophet Micaiah. We're going to look at him and these other prophets that were here and in uh, the portions that were distributed uh, in this message here tonight. I want to look, number one, at the prophets of Ahab. Verse number six, we see them come into the story. You have the kingdom, the, the two kings come together and they say, man, Ramoth Gilead is ours and we possess it not. And that is a good point. It was theirs. It was theirs, but they did not possess it. The Syrians possessed it. And so he said, let's go down and get that. It was a noble cause in that sense, but, but then again, he should have never yoked up with it. And then you, you say... Uh, Jehoshaphat being the godly man that he was, he says, okay, but let's, let's consult God about this. That's a good thing to do, amen? Whenever you do anything, you ought to consult God. And so he says, uh, let's, let's hear what God has to say about it. And so Jehoshaphat, or not Jehoshaphat, but Ahab brings all of his prophets up. All of his prophets up. And the Bible tells us in verse number 6 that it was 400 of them. And they're telling a the man, get up and go, get up and go. But Joseph had understanding who he was. He says, man, is there, is there one that actually knows the Lord? That's kind of his response there. When you see that uh, in verse number uh, 7, and Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides, in other words, besides all these that we might inquire of him? And that's when Micaiah comes into the story. But if we look at the prophets of Ahab right here, we see, number one, their majority. Their majority. Verse number six. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to a battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. You see the, uh, their majority. Do you understand this, church, that uh, false prophets are nothing new. False prophets have been around since time immemorial. There's, there's so many people that will speak in the name of the Lord. They'll, they'll serve in the name of the Lord, but their Lord is not the Lord you and I serve. There is uh, false prophets. There always has been, and there always will be. And they're here today. Do you understand that? It's not a thing of the past is what I'm trying to say. And you see here that they were the majority. They, there was a bunch of them. There was, there was far more of them than there actually were uh, prophets of God. I had mentioned this morning about how I love my country. And I do love my country. But our country is following after false prophets. Politics aside, man, set your politics to the side. If not for the false prophets leading our country, we would not have some of the politicians that we do. Okay? 
it's not that our politics have uh, led our country into the mess it's in. It's that the false prophets of our country had led us into the place in which we're in. Our country is absolutely full of them. Well, how do you know? Well, it's very simple. The Bible tells us how you can know, and that is Matthew 7, 16. You shall know them by their fruits. Look at the fruits of America. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns, th uh, figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, and every tree, uh, corrupt tree bringeth forth uh, evil fruit. Fruit of America today. Uh, the legal, I mean, 40-plus years ago, 46 years ago, or our country allowed and sanctioned the killing of babies. I mean, it was wicked then and it's wicked now, church. That is a wicked practice. America should have no part in it. And I'm glad there are still some that's willing to stand up and fight against it. But it's legal nonetheless, at least right now. The legalization of uh, the murder of babies, uh, all that's going on with the legalization of marijuana, I don't know if you all saw it. I saw it, I think it was on January 1st. Uh, uh, Illinois is, is now another state that has legalized uh, marijuana. And I think they sold, what, I don't know, $3 million that first day. They had them lined up down the sidewalk so that they could buy their, their pot. Well, preacher, what's wrong with that? I don't know, what would just make all uh, mind and mood-altering drugs legal and nothing will be illegal? Would that be the thing to do? Uh, anyway, you could legalize murder and then therefore it would, be an, uh, it, it would be legal, but it still would not be right. Legalizing marijuana, legalizing the marriage of uh, sodomites, so on and so forth. We see that in America, in America, you have the majority of prophets of God, or false prophets, just like they were in Micaiah's day and uh, King Ahab here. So, um, the Bible tells us just before that, Jesus told his uh, his disciples said, uh, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. We see in the prophets of Ahab, these wicked prophets, their majority, we see their mission. Their mission was not to tell Ahab the truth. Their mission was to tell Ahab what he wanted to hear. That's what their goal was. It was not to speak truth unto Ahab. It was to tell Ahab what Ahab wanted to hear. We see in verse number 3 his purpose. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, unto his servants, right? Know ye that Ramoth and Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of, of uh, Syria. And then we see his plan in verse number 4. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Will thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, and so forth and so on. And so the, this, uh, these prophets here... Their mission was to tell that king of Israel, the king of Israel said, uh, I, I want to do this. This is what my heart longs to do. They understood that if they went against the grain, they probably knew that he was going to do it anyway. But if they went against the grain, that it was just going to cause them hardship. It was just going to hurt them in the long run. So what did they do? Take it. 
Go on up and take it. That, that, that'd be fine. You just, you just go up, man. They're going to take it. And, and they, went, they took it so far that, uh, uh, that uh, Zedekiah there, man, he crafted him out. He crafted him out the, a, a thing of horns and said, this is how you'll do it. You'll go up there and you'll push them Syrians out till you've consumed them all. Their mission was to tell them what they wanted to hear, not what he, they needed to hear. In our country today, we have the same issue. But it's not an issue... Again, that is, it's not an issue that only Ahab dealt with and Josephat. It is an issue, it was an issue in Jeremiah's day as well. Jeremiah 23, 16 says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision in their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. They stay, uh, say still unto them that despise me. The Lord has said ye shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of their own heart, no evil shall come unto you. And so Israel in Ahab's day and Judah in Jeremiah's day in America in today, they were they're inundated with these false prophets that, that want to tell the people what they want to hear so that it benefits them. And there's no evil that comes upon them. How many of y'all heard... Uh, anybody ever heard of a man named Joel Osteen? Joel Osteen has a smile that will light up a room. He's got more money than I got sense. But Joel Osteen Joel Osteen's a prophet alright. He's not a prophet of God. You ever heard Joel Osteen preach against anything? The Bible's full of warnings and instruction and guidings and reprimands and rebukes to His children. And if God does not withhold rebukes, warnings, restrictions upon His children, how in the world can a man of God not preach such things? But He is a perfect example of a false prophet. That man tells you what you want to hear and lifts you up and pumps you up and gets you all excited. Man, I bet Ahab was like, oh, they're all saying we ought to go. They're all saying, me. 400 of them! Not a one is saying we ought not to go. 400 of them say, it's got to be good. It's got to be good. Let's go. Let's go up to Ramoth Gilead. And then Jehoshaphat says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you have, any, do you have anybody else? Why? Because Jehoshaphat had enough God about him to understand that even though there were many, even though they were in unison, they were serving themselves instead of serving the Lord. Their mission was one of self-service. It was one that lifted themselves up, got them the nicest cars and the fancy houses and the $20,000 worth of dental work, whatever it is, man. It was a self-serving, self-preservation mission that the children uh, or the prophets of Ahab were, were on. 
We say they were, they were the majority. We see their mission. And then, uh, of course, we see their message. One of deceit. I'd already mentioned how Zedekiah had uh, fashioned him out those horns to deceive Ahab. And ultimately, their message, their message, the, not the Lord's message, not the Lord's message, because we're going to hear what the Lord had to say about this. Of course, we read it. But their message that they gave unto Ahab led to Ahab's destruction. Didn't benefit Ahab in the long run, right? It literally led to his destruction. That's what false prophets are good for. They will make you feel fine in the moment. But ultimately, their message will lead to destruction. It will. We see that in this day. Uh, we see that in Ahab's day. So many, so many lies that are portrayed upon people today's day. Uh, and it, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's somebody saying, well, you have more time to make this decision about God. Listen, you do not know that you have more time. Amen. You do not know whether, and, and man, I hope everybody in this room knows the Lord and that free pardon of sin, but you don't know uh, how much time you have to live as a Christian, to serve as a Christian, to try to keep others out of hell. You don't know that you have more time. You ought to utilize the time in which you have. Um, some will say you don't need Jesus. They, they uh, speak as religion as a crutch. Let me just say this. Jesus is not my crutch. Uh, Jesus is my everything. Amen. He doesn't just hold me up a little. He holds me up entirely. If I'm up at all, it's because of Him. Uh, a loving God wouldn't send you to hell. That's the biggest lie uh, straight out of the pits of hell itself. Um, a loving God desires not for any soul to enter into hell. That's why He sent His only begotten Son to pay your sins so you wouldn't have to go there. Um, a loving God desires for you not to go to hell. But a just God will send you there if that's what you deserve. Um, if you reject the uh, free gift of salvation through Jesus. All paths lead to God. All paths lead to God. I want you to know that the, the God that I serve is not the same God that the Buddhists serve. The God that I serve is not the same God as the Muslims serve. The God that I serve is entirely different altogether. There is not many paths unto God. There is one way, and it's through Jesus Christ. Uh, you can earn salvation. You cannot earn salvation. Amen. You can't earn salvation. Not by the works of your hands, not by the money in the, in the offering. You cannot earn salvation. It is a free gift, not of works, lest any man should boast, so says Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And so we see the, uh, uh, the prophets, the prophets of Satan, the prophets of Ahab, the prophets of Baal, whatever prophets you want to, whatever adjective you want to put on there, that's, it, it all means the same thing. They were all false prophets leading astray unto destruction. Next, I want to look at the complete contrary to that, and that is the prophet of God. Uh, the prophet of God. Before I, I get into uh, kind of the, the description of him, I I want to make one mention, and that is, whereas the prophets of 
Ahab were the majority. We see when we look at Micaiah that there was only one that was willing to stand for truth. They had the majority. Micaiah, though, was willing to speak the truth. We see number one about this man. He was his temptation. Verse number 13. Before Ahab could even say a word to him, they had, were whispering in his ear. They were trying to, to get him to go along to get along. His tempta- and, and, and you remember what happened to this man, and we'll, we'll talk more about it in a minute, but what happened to this man was he was thrown into prison. He was cast into prison, and he said, he said, put him there until I return safely. He never returned. We have no idea if he ever got out of prison. We have no idea. And so the stakes could not be any more high, and, and he was influenced, he was pressured into going along to get along. If you say this, man, everybody's going to be happy. Everybody's going to be happy for the moment, but Ahab surely by the end of the day he was not going to be happy. Everybody for the moment would be happy. We see his temptation to conform. They wanted him to be just like the others, to compromise. They did not want the message of the Lord. They wanted the same message. They did not want to, uh, him to speak differently. They did not want any of that stuff. But we see his truth here. And uh, this is what you call an inconvenient truth. And I don't mean an inconvenient truth like Al Gore's inconvenient truth. I mean an actual truth. Amen? If you didn't get that now, rewind it and you'll watch it later. Micaiah was actually speaking truth. And I, in my mind, I, you know, I, I love to envision these things that happen here. And Micaiah said in verse number 14, he says, As the Lord liveth, as he speaks, I will speak. And then he comes, the very next verse, the king asks him, should he go to uh, Ramoth Gilead or should he forbear? Should he go or should he stay? What should he do? And Micaiah parroted just exactly like the uh, false prophet said, oh, go on, king. And I see that in, a, in such a mocking manner. And Ahab obviously did too. He said, how many times shall I adjure thee that you tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? And then he begins to speak. And he says, verse 17, he said, and he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master, let them return every man to his own house. The king of Israel, he looks at Jehoshaphat and he says, I told you, I told you. And all the others, 400 of them, they said we ought to go. I told you this man, he hates me. That's why he's telling me this. Micaiah did not hate him. Micaiah was warning him. We can look at this scripture and we can easily see that, that Micaiah told him the truth. If he had just listened, he'd have been alive that day. Listen, God shows mercy on fools. He already did for Ahab. Ahab had already sinned and God said he was going to kill him. And then Ahab repented. Ahab changed his mind and sought the uh, Lord's face. And God changed his mind. God sent him a warning through this man, Micaiah. He spoke the truth to him. He told him not what he wanted to hear because he, he wanted to go down and claim that land. He said, man, we have a just cause here that is ours, and we need to go get it. Should we go get it? 
Micaiah says, no, no, no. I see all of Israel, all of your people, scattered upon the hills as sheep with no shepherd. He says in verse, uh, verse number 19, and he, and he goes on and tells an interaction in heaven of how Ahab was going to be lied to by those prophets, and Ahab would uh, hearken unto it. And um, everything he said, everything he said was absolutely true. It is not what Ahab wanted to hear, but it is what he needed to hear. It's what he needed to hear to save himself, yet he rejected it. Uh, in, in today's church, in today's society, there is many things in which few preachers will preach that are unpopular but still true. They're unpopular in that people don't necessarily like what is being said, but as things that need to be said. The fact that they will stand in judgment. The lost will stand in judgment and be cast into a lake of fire. The saved will stand in, in, in judgment and give answer unto God for what God has given them. We will all stand in judgment. That's not popular. I had, a, I had a deacon at a church tell me, well, I don't see how in the world I'm going to be judged. It's very simple. You know how you can see it? Look in the Bible. He <laughs> talks all about it several times. Paul mentions it to the church specifically. You can't try to, uh, try to uh, reason it away as if it was under some other people or some other dispensation or anything like that. Paul speaks of the fact that we will all stand uh, speaking to the church before the judgment seat of Christ to receive those things done, whether they be good or bad. Now, salvation is secure. Thank God for that. Amen? Because my salvation is not dependent upon my works. But the crowns in which I shall either receive or, or, or not are dependent completely upon my works and what I do with what God has given me. Now, the fact that there is a hell... There is a hell, and a multitude of people will lift their eyes. That's not popular. Um, I challenge you this. Joel Osteen's on the TV about every day. Won't you go and see if you can find one clip where he talks about hell? And you'll get an idea of what I'm speaking about. The fact that there is a hell, and that all of those that are without Christ will go there. The fact that they will be held accountable. The fact that they'll die one day. These are all inconvenient truths. Uh, but they're true nonetheless. So we see this uh, man of God, we see his temptation, we see his truth, we see his turmoil, verse number 26, and the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and carry him unto, the, unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and uh, to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in prison and feed him with bread of affliction and water of affliction until I come in peace. And we see his turmoil. And so that foretelling the truth for simply speaking words that are true, words that will be proven true, here shortly thereafter, he was punished for it. He was punished for it in the physical. I guarantee you, Micaiah was rewarded for it by Christ. And we don't hear mention of that, but I will assure you it happened. We see his turmoil. And all of those that will 
be faithful unto Jesus Christ, unto His message, will suffer persecution as well. He said so in John 15, 20. Remember the word I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep uh, yours also. 2 Timothy 3, uh, 12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So we see that his, his uh, temptation, his truth, we see his turmoil, and we see his testimony in verse number 28. He was, uh, he was confident in his words. He was absolutely confident that what he spoke was what God spoke. He didn't, try to, he didn't try to keep this under wraps. He didn't try to whisper it in Ahab's ear. Verse number 28, it says, And Micaiah said, If thou return at all in peace. So he had no hope of him returning. And he was already told, Hey, go and, go and tell him, go and put him in prison and feed him with bread and water until I get back. And he says, Man, you're not coming back. He said, If you come back at all, the Lord did not speak unto me. And then he hollers and he says, Hearken, every one of you. He wanted them all to hear. He wanted them all to know what thus saith the Lord. And so therefore, we see his testimony there. Uh, and then uh, lastly here, lastly here, we looked at the prophets of Ahab, the prophets of Satan, the prophets of Baal, the false prophets. And we looked at the man of God, uh, the prophet of God, and then we see the portions distributed. Uh, what, what, was, what was given out of all of this? Well, number one, it, we see Ahab's destruction. The Bible speaks a lot about uh, King Ahab. You can lead, uh, read quite a bit about him in the chapters preceding this over in Chronicles. You, you can read all about uh, Ahab. Now, this is his destruction. It, this was the last ride of uh, King Ahab. He got uh, what was appointed unto him. Hebrews 9, 27 is appointed unto men once to die, but after this judgment. He, he, he met his divine appointment that day and uh, was appropriately deserved. Deuteronomy 8, 11 says this. It says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. You see, Ahab lived in a day to where the truth was readily available. He just rejected it. He lived in a day and age in which he, he could have known more. He could have gleaned more. He, he did not live in a, in a day in which these, these truths were, were out of reach of him. I mean, he had, he had all of that available at his fingertips. The problem was he just rejected it. It's much like today. Today in America, there is no reason why somebody cannot know God. There is no reason why somebody cannot know more about God. We have everything at our fingertips. Just so many people neglect to listen. Deuteronomy 8, 19, it says, And it shall be, if thou do at all, forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day, that ye shall surely perish. Psalms 9, 17 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations uh, that forget God. Ahab met his destruction. And we see Jehoshaphat's deliverance here. Number one, we see his curiosity in verse number seven. He did want to, to, to Jehoshaphat's credit, 
he made a foolish decision in yoking up with Ahab. But we see several good things about Jehoshaphat. Number one, we see his curiosity. Verse number seven, he wanted to hear what the Lord had to say. And that's good. It's good to want to hear what God has to say. But it doesn't do us any good if we don't listen to it. If we don't hearken unto it. You follow me? I could stand up here and I could preach until the cows come home and I could give you truth after truth after truth. And, and you could have come here and you could have said, man, I want to hear truth tonight. And truth could have been presented unto you and you could take it. But unless you do something with it, it's, it's useless. Jehoshaphat, he, 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 had, he wanted to hear the truth. He got the truth. He just ignored the truth. We see his curiosity, his course. He just continued on into folly, knowing what the man of God said. Verse number 29, So the king of Israel and Josaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. He should have never done that. When he heard what God had to say, he said, he, he should have said, nope, 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 nope. I, I know what the majority says. I know, what, I know what the masses are saying today. But I know that is not the spirit of the Lord. This man right here is willing to stand up. This man's willing to speak truth. I'm going to go ahead and listen to what he has to say. And I'm going to go ahead. I can't go up to Ramoth Gilead with you, uh, Ahab. I should have never yoked up with you to begin with. I love you. Uh, and we can love lost people, amen? We can love them. But there's a difference between loving them and yoking up with them. He continued on anyway. But thank God we see something happen in uh, verse number 32. In 33, verse 32, it says, And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, Surely this is the, it is the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him. And uh, the Bible says, And Jehoshaphat cried out. Now I'm glad that all it takes for salvation to come is to cry out unto the Lord. Amen. I'm glad that when God hears His children cry, that He has the power to reach down and deliver, just as He did Jehoshaphat here, uh, just as He did me some 19 years ago. Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. So here we have these uh, prophets here. A great contrast and this, this scripture uh, can be, it can be, it can be from a perspective standpoint, you can look at it many different ways. But one way to see this scripture is that there is, there is things of God and there is things against God. There is Christ and there is Antichrist. And we see Jehoshaphat had a choice to go between either one. Jehoshaphat chose uh, the wrong direction. There's a, there's, a, there's a thought process that permeates our society. I was watching this, this interview with a, uh, uh, a fellow that, that has this, this mindset that there is no absolutes, that everything is just shades of gray, that there is uh, nuances in there. And I want you to know emphatically there, there is such things as good and evil, right and wrong. Amen? And while there may be nuances in certain things, 
there is absolutely the fact that there is absolute truth. Thank God that we have it. Amen. Thank God that we have truth. We just need to make the decision to be like Jehoshaphat in the sense that when he saw the error of his ways, he cried out and brought deliverance. And so I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. I don't know where you're at. You may be in the midst of a mistake. But I believe if you cry out unto the Lord, he'll deliver you. Amen.